Hold on this computer. And we are off. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is another Dynasties podcast. First, we got our inaugural basketball episode. It's your boy, Darius underscore Capers, a.k.a. Kung Fu Caper on Twitch, a.k.a. just Mr. Darius Capers himself, Mr. Boston fan. You know, we and I got with me my brother. Hey, it's your ho- It's your co-host with the most, Alex Reed, um, better known as that boy, that Lakers fan. This is something y'all not going to get often, a Lakers fan. With a Celtics fan, this is unheard of. Follow me at the highest order on Twitch or on my Instagram. Ten gold bands with an underscore at the end. Holla at your boy, boy. Let's get to it. Excited. And you had it. You had it right, your boy. You know. You know what I'm saying. Um, your boy. You had it right. You. You a host. Ain't no. Ain't no co to it. We. We both hosted this thing here. We gonna get this money. We gonna talk to the people about. Basketball season, you know. Now we we are a little late. I will admit, you know, season is four, five games for some teams in, and you know, it's looking like it's shaping up to be a tremendous NBA season. If I do say so myself, my boys are starting out, starting out pretty much where we left off last season. You know, three and one, last game they lost to the Chicago Bulls, but it's okay because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They're looking like superstars right now, so I'm loving that. What you what you what you thinking about your Lakers right now, man? How they how they looking? Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I am higher than the rest of Laker Nation because I see how we can fix this. Um, now everybody's you know low on Russ. If Russ hears his podcast, no, I'm with you, my boy. Um, I just wish the shot the shot selection of our team was a little bit better. We got a lot of slashers. We got some mid-range killers. I like Lonnie Walker a lot. I didn't think I was going to like him as much because he's a, a regular slashing two-guard. He's DeMar DeRozan bef- without the jumper, um, essentially. But I like that we are a top-five defensive team in this league. I do like that. I appreciate that. That's something that we weren't last year. Um, I'd like to see better shot selection from not Ru- just Russ, but I'd like to see it from Anthony Davis as well. Um, on the season, he's putting up about 24 and nine, I believe, with about two blocks. I know last game he had six blocks, so that's great, but I'd like to see him shooting less threes. I'd like to shoot, see him more on the block, um, shooting more postal fadeaways. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to shoot threes, I'd like to be the three point shooter to be like LeBron though that's not a good thing. He's not the best, but he's our second best shooter after Pat Bev career-wise. Um, but outside of him, I, I'd like to be, see us um, be more of a mid-range killing team. I think if we do that, fix our shot selection, and keep the defense, I think we could finish um, better than most people expect us to. So I'm not really high on us, but I'm not really that low either because of the defense. And I agree, bro. I'm not going to be one of those people that writes off uh, the Lakers. And I say that for the simple fact of if there's one thing I've learned, it's it's you don't count out LeBron James. That's similar to, in my opinion, what they say about Tom Brady. There's a couple guys in sports that you just don't count out. And I truly believe LeBron is on that list. I mean, 
Of course, the the big storyline this season is him passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the scoring all-time scoring list. But that does not change the fact that I truly believe they still have enough to make a playoff run. LeBron, with LeBron, you always have a chance to make the playoffs. Let's make that known now. I mean, we saw what he did in 2018 with a ragtag Cleveland Cavaliers team. He carried them to the finals, essentially. And I know the East was a lot weaker than this Western Conference is. But again, I still, that that's just a guy I won't count out. You know, I mean, that's, he's one of the top two, top three greatest players of all time. So, and, and see, with that, I think, like you said, when you have LeBron, who still, I don't, I don't care what the power rankings say, I don't care what the media says. LeBron's still a top five player in this league. I'm sorry. Anybody that puts up 30 a game, was it 38 and six last year? You're top five. Okay. Like, injury derailed him from having one of the greatest seasons ever with everything um, taken into effect. So, um, I agree with you. I think we could have, I think we could have a a run in this league because we have one of the better duos talent wise in Anthony Davis and LeBron James, when you're like looking at the actual talent of the player Um, and Anthony Davis and LeBron pairing, even though I don't think it's the most ideal pairing, honestly, I still think just because, you know, you have a a mid range capable killing um, big and an oversized point guard, you always have a chance. So I'm with you on that because LeBron and Anthony Davis, talent-wise, is better than most of the duels in this league. I'm sorry. Exactly. I completely agree. And even looking at that, there were a lot of moves that happened this season to actually get a lot of duos in the league, I'll say. I mean, you had the Hawks getting DeJounte Murray this summer. Uh, you had mm-hmm. the Nuggets landing a lot of good role players. They landed Casey Ish Smith. That was, I believe, a, a really good move for them to have more depth. KCP is a guy that y'all are truly missing in that Laker uni. He's shooting almost 40% from three this season. He's playing well. Jeremy Grant with the Trailblazers, that gave them kind of a, 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 a mini big three, I'll say. Him, Dame, Nurk, that's solid. You got the Jazz giving up everything they owned for Rudy Gobert, that that's – let me ask you about that. You know, Talk because to me. Talk to me. We, we had a conversation about that off air, but I kind of want to have this conversation on air for the people. How do you feel about that Rudy Gobert trade from the Timberwolves' perspective? Do you feel like that put them over the, the top? Like, do you feel like that moved them into contention for the West? Because – in my opinion, they truly were missing another wing player, I feel. Like I feel I like somebody Yeah, I feel like somebody like Jeremy Grant would have been a better fit for them opposed to getting another big. I know Cat sometimes struggles guarding fives. He sometimes struggles being the only big on the floor. But giving up essentially I think it was like five two, first rounders or something. Five first round picks and Walker Kessler, who was their first round pick this like this offseason, which is essentially six first round picks. Jared Vanderbilt, who's a tremendous defender, Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, like they gave up a haul for a guy that's uh, Mar- I think he's just marginal. Yeah, he's marginal. Like like honestly, I think it was a bad move 
not saying Rudy Gobert is a bad player because I think he's like a three-time defensive player of the year, if I'm correct. So yeah. I'm not going to ever say that he's a bad player because he might get in the Hall of Fame because of that. Now, the, our eye test, we we know we see with Rudy. Um, but I first off, I think that was way too much. I think that's a Kevin Durant-type trade. I think if you're going to – if you're gonna trade six first round picks, you're trading for Giannis, you're trading for Steph, you're trading for I wouldn't even trade that much for Dame, honestly. Um, you're trading for Luca, you're trading for LeBron, you're trading for, like I said, Kevin Durant, Embiid, superstars. That's what you're you're trading that. So the the uh the age-old proverb, you can find a sucker every day. The Jazz robs the Timberwolves with six first-round picks. The Jazz are trying to get that Victor guy, Victor Winbenyama, I think his class name is, yeah. or Scoot Henderson. They're trying to get one of those. And there's some really good guys in college. So the Jazz won the trade because with Donovan Mitchell, as talented as Donovan is, he's an undersized shooting guard. And when you have Luka in the same conference, when you have Clay in the same conference, now you got Jordan Poole, who's also a two guard. You got John Morant and Desmond Bain, who we can get into them later because they killed the Nets last night. Um, yes. But when you got people like that in your league, you have to blow it up because they're they're at best a second round exit. Um, and I didn't even get to the Clippers. Like that's right. four teams right there that they're not going to beat. Um, and you got to beat at least one of them to get to the next round. So I think they were wise to do that. On the Jazz part with Danny Ainge, who helped your Celtics um, get to where y'all are, so that was a good move on them. But for the Timberwolves, that was the that was probably the worst move that you can do because um, I, I personally think that's not going to help them out. Cat couldn't guard a five, and Cat on the perimeter is like awful. So, and see, I'm actually glad that you mentioned Donovan Mitchell in in your uh, in your response to that because. That was kind of my next point. Uh, last month, earlier last month, the Jazz did send him to the Cavs as well. I'm sure everybody knows about that. That was a tremendously huge move. Uh, they also received five first-round picks in uh, in return for him, Colin Sexton, Lloyd Markin, O.C. Abaji, which is essentially a sixth first-round pick because he was also a first-round pick out of Kansas this past offseason as well. So, that also raises the question as well. How do you feel about that trade? For for me, for me, I feel like the Cavs gave up too much as well. I can understand, you know, kind of like you mentioned, giving up that much for a guy like Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, uh, for a career, he's twelve and twelve with almost two and a half blocks a game. He's four time All NBA, three time All Star. Like you mentioned, three-time defensive player of the year, six-time all-defensive team. Like, I understand completely giving up that much for a guy like Rudy Gobert when you think he's going to push you over the top. But a guy like Donovan Mitchell giving up six first-round picks, I mean, I know for a career he's 24-4-4. He's a, he's a good guy. I mean, he's a good player. This season, he's looking like he's paying dividends because he's showing something he never showed in Utah, uh, a knack for playmaking, which surprises me him playing next to next to my man Darius Garland down there in Cleveland. He's averaging, I know it's only been three games, but 33 and a half, with 33 and a third, seven assists, five and a half boards. But he's a three-time All-Star, 
one-time all-rookie team. Do you feel like Donovan Mitchell is a guy that can push you over the edge? I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers the same way I look at the 2015 Hawks, um, where now, <laughs> and essentially it's like now we take the Hawks. You got Jeff T. We got Kyle Corver. Um, yeah, I forgot uh, who the starting uh, was. You had uh, Damari Carroll. Then it was Paul Millsap. Then Al Horford. It was that. Okay. So yeah. it's like you got these little balloons, and you're blowing air into each five of those balloons. Now, maybe not DeMar here because the the Cavs got wings, so they're gonna yeah. kind. It's kind of like the same. But right. um, Mobley's a souped up uh, Paul Millsap. Jared Allen is a more athletic Al Horford um, with a mid range. Can't sleep on that. Um, Darius Garland is. I'd rather have him any day of the week over Prime Jeff Teague, and I will never say Prime Jeff Teague again. Um, (laughs) And then uh, Donovan Mitchell is like he's not the shooter that Kyle Corver is, nor does he have the height, but he is just a better player. That's how I look at Cleveland. So honestly, I have Cleveland pretty high in my standings as a finishing, but I feel like it's going to be a Cinderella season for them. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he's going to make us what would have been a sweep, maybe. Of, of them in the first round, I give them more respect than that. He probably took them from a gentleman's sweep to six games, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Just on his ability to get hot, I'm not going to forget what he did in the bubble when him and Murray went back to back for 50. Got to give him respect for that. Um, yes. But when you got the Nets and then you got the Bucks, then you got your Celtics, you, you, your Sixers, um, they might have an answer for that with the the combination of the uh, Mobley and Allen, but those four teams, and I didn't even mention um, the Heat, who have been in what the last two two of two of the three last Western Con- uh, Eastern Conference Finals. So mm-hmm. you got to keep so that they're not better than any of those teams I just named. Um, so it gave Cleveland something to be excited about since the post LeBron era. This is the best team they've ever had since before LeBron uh, with Mark Price and, and Daughtry and, and uh, Nance and all them guys. So I understand why they did it. You're not going to get any free agents to come to Cleveland. Um, so it was a good move in that regard, but that's their, probably their best move that they could have made because who's going to go to Cleveland? That's true. <laughs> I've, look, I've never heard uh, NBA player, uh, NFL player, Heck, I've never heard a baseball player say, I'm going to sign with Cleveland, you know? Like, you don't go to Cleveland on vacation. You don't – like, come on, man. That's that's like a – you get an attitude if you got – if you're taking a flight and your flight has a layover in Cleveland, you have an attitude. Like, you're yeah. mad if you got to stop in Ohio. <laughs> so, I completely understand where you're coming from. I'm actually glad that you did mentioned the top four teams in the East because that was kind of my next question, the next topic I kind of wanted to tackle with you. Uh, It is only four games in. We have a small sample size, but from the sample size that we've seen, I want to kind of go ahead and make the predictions for who we believe is going to make the playoffs, maybe the play-in teams, and who is basically on the outside looking in who has no chance. Like, since we already mentioned Eastern Conference, I'll actually start with the Eastern Conference. I got my standings up right now. Okay. So, and and essentially, like we mentioned, it's only been two, three, four games for some teams. I'm looking at the top six teams in no particular order, which I truly feel like are locks. 
I got okay. the Bucks, Celtics. I got uh, the Sixers. Even though they're starting off slow to the season, I feel like they'll they'll bounce back. I do have the Nets. I do have the Heat, and that six team. I am going to go like you mentioned with the Cavs. I feel like the Cavs can be a top six seed. I had an issue between the Cavs and the Hawks, though. But I do feel like the Hawks can be that seven seed. I feel like the Raptors can get that eight seed. The nine seed, I feel like it's probably going. You're probably going to look at me like really. But the nine seed, I feel like it'll be the Bulls this season. I, agree. I truly, yeah, I don't really believe in them as much. And last but not least, the ten seed. The 10 seed is tough because even though the Wizards are playing well to start the season, I don't believe it's sustainable unless Bradley Beal is going to keep averaging 30, which, I mean, he's capable of doing, but is a Bradley Beal 30-piece enough? I don't know. Is Kyle Kuzma enough? I, I, I just – I don't know. Like, like let me, let me – let me look at Bradley Beal. So, Honestly, Bradley Beal isn't even averaging 30 this season. Bradley Beal in three games is averaging 23 and 6, which it would be a career high in assists for his career. So, I mean, if he's going to be that point guard that they're looking for, maybe they have a shot. But I just – I don't know, man. That Wizards team, I just don't believe they have enough firepower. I feel like they'll unfortunately be one of those teams that missed the playoffs. I am actually going to go with the Knicks. I feel like the Knicks can get that 10 seed. I feel like people people did not like the Jalen Brunson move as much as, you know, the Knicks fans, I guess, did. But I feel like in between him, in between R.J. Barrett, in between Julius Randle, in between Mitchell Robinson, in between uh, Fournier, they, they, they're a deep enough team. I mean, well, quickly – they have six, seven, eight players. Obi Toppin. They have quality NBA players on that team. I feel like they at least make the ten seed, and that will leave on the outside looking in. That will leave, like I mentioned, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Pistons, the Magic, and last but not least, one more team. One more team will not be in, but in the Hornets. Excuse me. Ooh, can't forget about Charlotte because. With Lamelo being injured, I truly feel like they'll slow play Lamelo. That's a team. Don't be surprised if they try to tank for and try to get one Benyama because even though they drafted Mark Williams this past offseason, it would not surprise me at all one bit if the Hornets just kind of look at them at about twenty twenty five games in with them being two and one right now. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if at the twenty five game mark they're. 10 and 15, 9 and 16, because I don't think they're going to rush Lamelo back. He had a severe ankle sprain in the in the pre, preseason basketball. Terry Rozier is a good player. Gordon Hayward is a good player. But I could honestly see them working something out with your Lakers to try to maybe get Russ. Jordan was interested in having Russ come into Charlotte. So I would not be surprised one bit if they're looking to tank and try to get Wimbayama. And that would be very exciting for the future of the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball and Victor Wimbiyama, I would sign me up for Charlotte Hornets season tickets if that happened. So let, let me let me let me get your Eastern Conference playoff predictions and uh play in and who's gonna be on the outside looking in. Okay. Um so I have like you said, I have six locks. Um I got the Bucks, I got the Nets, 
I got Miami. Um, I got the Celtics. Um, I got Cleveland, the Hawks, mm. and the see for my sixth person, my sixth, my sixteen. It's tough though. It's tough because there's a lot of teams that I feel like are in that gray area that are really good, but it's just it's limited spots because I'm high on the Raptors. Scotty Barnes is a dog, bro. He is the the new face of the league where you have this undersized four that can make plays. He's super athletic. And if he gets a consistent three ball, then the, the Raptors have something because then they have Pascal Siakam, who is a good, if not great, second option. Who can they both can defend? They both can get in the paint and defend. They both can get on the perimeter and defend. Then they got Fred Van Vliet. They got OG and Anubi. They got they got pieces. Like I can't sleep on them. Um uh, <clears throat> I now you mentioned the Knicks. I'm gonna replace the Knicks with the um with the Raptors. That's gonna be my pick. Um that's seven, isn't it? I think that's seven. I believe that's eight, bro. Because that's I, eight. You said you said uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, Brooklyn, and Philly, right? No, no, yeah. Miami where you're six, and, and Miami where you're six. I I don't think you mentioned Philly quite yet. Oh yeah, but Philly, you did the also definitely. say Toronto. Okay, Toronto, Philly, and then you said the nine seed was my nine seed the Bulls. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. Now, the Bulls can get hot, but I think Lonzo's injury is going to derail them. That's why they're my nine seed. Um, right. I don't think – I think him starting as late as he's going to start is going to really mess them up because the the teams I just named could really honestly make the playoffs in any conference. Um, exactly. It doesn't even – I know we've been talking about the least has been – the East has been the least, but those nine teams, they could go in uh, in the West and give any of those Western Conference teams a run for their money. So. Those are my um my nine my eight locks. Now Hornets, we're both North Carolina residents. Michael Jordan, if you hear us, please do not mess this draft up. You're not you're the top two best players ever, without question. No matter what generation you're at, somebody's gonna say you're either number one or number two. Please do not be the worst GM ever and pass up on Scoot or Victor because I'm here to tell you right now, one of them guys. Um, they're gonna change. They're gonna change the franchise, and it could very much be Charlotte. And I don't live that mm-hmm. far away from Charlotte, so um, I would love to see Victor when Benyama play, pulling up from wherever, and uh, he's seven four and Lamelo's six eight. That is a tough task for any team. So make it happen, Jordan. And so I, I'm actually glad you mentioned Scoot Henderson as well because. That was actually one of the questions I kind of wanted to get to as well because it's a lot of hype behind those two, and I wanted to hear your fits in the NBA for both of them. I'll ask mm-hmm. that after we talk about the Western Conference, but do you believe he could fit in Charlotte next to LaMelo? How do you think that would work? I know the NBA is kind of going to, like, multiple ball handlers. You got teams like the the Mavericks who got Luka and uh, – and, uh, Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie's name left me. You got the Hawks, who got Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. You got the Cavs, like we just mentioned, who has Garland and D. Midge. You got Boston, who we have a plethora of ball handlers. 
Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. We just got Brogdon this offseason, which was a great move. Um, great move. Great Marcus move. Smart, who's also a ball handler. Uh, you have a lot of teams that do have multiple ball handlers. Do you think Scoot and LaMelo would work? I think it could. And see, the, the example I'm going to use is a, t- is a team that you didn't mention. I'm going to say the comparison for that pairing is going to be Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. Where you have a very big, oversized point guard that can play the two if needed, and then you have a six fourish, six fiveish uh, shooting guard that can shoot, but you can also put him at the point guard. So it's that interchangeability. And I want to give props to the Trailblazers for introducing this double backcourt style of basketball that we've always that we're enjoying now. That's very entertaining. They messed it up with getting Dame and CJ. Um, but I like this tra- trajectory that we're on now where, you know, like you said, all these ball handlers, it's entertaining basketball. It's fun to watch. I think Scoot can play um, the one or the two very comfortably, but he's not going to have to because, you know, he's got LaMelo. LaMelo is going to get right. 10 assists very soon in his career, and it's going to either be beside uh, Victor or it's going to be beside Scoot. Um and then with all the other guys that they got, you know, the Charlotte Hornets team is not that um, deep. I played uh, – no, I didn't play them. But I did go to watch them this year before Miles Bridges lost his mind. That's a very entertaining team. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. That, that's a very entertaining Ooh. team. They beat the Bucks. Giannis had dropped 43-12 and 12 that game. And LaMelo – I think LaMelo had like a triple-double. Um, Chris Middleton played his tail off. They showed up, but they really, you know, you know, they defeated the Bucks. And the Bucks, you know, are a championship caliber team. They have been for the last three years. So if they get one of those guys, I can see Charlotte really being a contender in the next mm-hmm. three to four years. And as a North Carolina resident, I love that because the Panthers suck. So um love it. <laughs> love Jeez. it. Panthers are terrible, even though they got a dub this past week. But yeah, that, that ain't sustainable at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do agree with you. I do want to tip my hat to the Trailblazers. They were ahead of their time. 2015-2016 was CJ's first year starting with Portland. They did have that backcourt of Damon CJ. Two essential, like, essentially two point guards, both playing, both backcourt positions, showed they could, you know, mirror as a point guard, two guard, point guard, two guard, whichever given night. So they were ahead of their time, even though it didn't lead to anything. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. They they were forward thinkers, so we can't say that. But uh, now that we've kind of went through who we believe is going to be in the East the playoffs, if you had to choose four games in, two teams to play in the Eastern Conference Finals, and who is winning that series to go to the NBA Finals? My dad's going to hate me for saying – well, he's not going to hate me, but he's going to not like this answer. I have the Bucks and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. I had the Celtics again beating the Bucks in six because of Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari. So, Jan, unless Giannis drops 50 back to back, which I know he can do, the Celtics are going to go to the finals, in my opinion. I think the Celtics are better than the Nets. I don't even think it's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Celtics are better than the Sixers. I don't think that's a question. Because you're telling me that James Harden's going to have to get defended by Marcus Smart, and he's going to have to get a switch on to Jalen Brown. 
He might get a switch on to Jason Tatum. He might get a switch on to Malcolm Brogdon. Like, that's a lot of bodies. And check this out. Nobody I named weighs less than James Harden. The only one that's shorter than him is Marcus Smart. But nobody's smaller than him. They're all big guys. Marcus Smart, then, you know, James, Marcus Smart ain't a little dude now. That, that's two thirty. He's six four, two thirty. That's a running back, yeah. basically. I'm mean, well, oversized running back, but you get the gist. That's Megatron coming at you, basically. Um, and then you know, I, you taught me about um, Time Lord if he can get his uh, knees right. But Robert Williams, he's undersized, but the way he was jumping. Uh, for those boards and for those uh blocks in the finals last year made me realize he's not that undersized when he's in the air. So they got a lot to deal with. So that's my lock. I would be thoroughly surprised if they didn't even make the Eastern Conference Finals. That would be a, a wet the bed season for the Celtics. But I got the Celtics going back to the finals. Okay. I truly appreciate the confidence of my boys. I I do enjoy the moves. I do appreciate the moves that we made as a front office. Brad Stevens is truly showing his basketball genius as a front office exec. Um, Malcolm Brogdon was a tremendous pickup. Uh, I also like us picking up Noah Vonley. It gave us a, a good backup big. We needed another big that can also stretch the floor, can play maybe without Horford in time. We need to go big. And play the five by himself when we go small with Tatum and Brown as a four and a three. I'm also going to go with you. Uh, I also have Milwaukee and Boston in the finals. We did lose Gallinari for the season to that torn ACL this offseason. He was playing freaking overseas. It sucks. But I'm actually going to look at the other side of the coin. You know, I believe in my boys. I truly appreciate the moves we made. I do also agree with you, though that if we don't make it back to the finals, it is a wet-to-bed season. But I'm going to go with Milwaukee making the finals. Uh, Giannis is truly the best player in the NBA right now, in my opinion. It's not I even mean, close. <laughs> it's, it's not even close. He's truly in his prime with, I mean, how he played last last playoffs without Chris Mid, He showed that he can carry a team. He just wasn't enough, you know. And now with Chris Mid coming back healthy, Drew Holiday being healthy, I truly believe that, you know, they're primed to make it back to the finals. I know it's only been two games for the Bucks. Excuse me, got hiccups. But 32.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists. Giannis is shooting 70% from the field. I mean, what can you do with that? That's that's Shaq levels of dominate, if you ask me. I mean, I do have he, a... yeah. Oh, go ahead, bro. I have a question after that, though. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I just – I feel like Giannis is just on a different level. I mean, and then uh, a move they made this offseason that will pay dividends a little later, they signed Joe Ingles. I feel like that gave them another ball handler that they needed who's a, a tall wing. When he's healthy, they have a – they will have a versatile lineup. They can play him at the, the four spot, the three spot. They can play Bobby Portis at the five with Giannis, with Joe Ingles. With Chris Mid and Drew Holiday, that's a defensive, versatile three-point shooting team that can space the court for Giannis. So I feel like they will get us in the in the conference finals this year. I feel like it'll be because of Giannis. I can see a world where he averages thirty-five and fifteen against us for a whole final for a whole series. Excuse me, 
and they get back to the finals. And I'm here to tell you that if the Bucks get back to the finals, then Giannis will be a two-time um, champion. Um, I don't think there's a team in the West that can mess with the Bucks or the Celtics. Uh, well, Steph Curry might have something to say about that, but um, <laughs> but I look, that's a great take. I thought Gallinari is going to be back. Um, so if he's not, if he's done for the season, that's obviously a huge hit because he's like a six nine shooter. Um, so that that might be that would derail them. Um, do you think losing DiVincenzo um to the Warriors at that? Uh, do you think that's going to be a negative effect to to the um to the to the Bucks? I don't think so as much, and I say that for the simple reason that. If I'm not mistaken, Dante DiVincenzo was hurt a lot during that playoff run or during mm-hmm. the season last year. And when he did come back, he didn't really play that much during the, the playoffs. I mean, he wasn't that much of a of a key piece, in my opinion. And, I mean, with how Grayson Allen's playing and how he's played, they still got George Hill, who's a good two-way guy. Still got Wes Matthews. I mean, he's two-way – they still got Pat Connaughton, who I feel like can essentially do what DiVincenzo did. Now, if you were saying this, maybe the year they won the championship, which was, if I'm not mistaken, 2020, correct? 2021. Then I would have said yes, because DiVincenzo played a huge part for them in that championship run. But I feel like some mixture of Joe Ingles, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, uh, George Hill mixed in there, you know, maybe Drew Holiday being healthier, maybe Jordan Awara, maybe uh, Mar- Marjan Buchamp, the guy that just drafted out of uh, G League Ignite. Some mix of those five or six wings, I feel like, can give them the same production that they got out of Dante DiVincenzo just because he was essentially just a role player. I feel like they're going to go as far as Giannis, Chris Mid, and Drew Holiday take them. And you can just put any, really any two other players with that big three, and I feel like they'll have a chance. So that is a valid point. He did go to the Warriors, and that was a huge pickup for them because they needed a wing or a guard slash wing after losing GP2. So that was a huge sign for them. But I, I'm I'm not too worried about them losing him. They, I feel like they'll be fine. Good take, good take. Um, I have another question for you, though. Um, What are your sleepers in the East? What is your team? What is a team for you that you would not be surprised if you saw them in the Eastern Conference Finals? Because I have one team, maybe two, that if they made it there, I'd be like, I mean, I didn't see it, but I see it. Like, I would see how they got there. But my number one team, honestly, is the Hawks. I would see, not be surprised if they look, got there, but who's I'm your glad we're on. I'm glad we're on the same page with that because I was thinking the Atlanta Hawks as well because we've already seen Trey Young carry a lesser Hawks team to the Eastern Conference Finals. We've seen that when it gets into the playoffs, when he gets on that big stage, he pl- turns his play up another notch. So I truly believe, yes, the Hawks are a team that can make a conference playoff run. Like you said, if I see them there, I would not be surprised because at the end of the day, that means they were healthy. That means Trey Young didn't hit injuries. That means they have Capella. That means they have DeJounte Murray for the whole season. 
That means uh, that the, their wings stayed healthy because they've had a lot of injuries on the wing like the previous seasons. But right. I truly feel like if they can stay healthy, which you know it's it's not <laughs> not a given that they will stay healthy. You know, John Collins, Clint Capella, those guys will miss games. DeAndre Hunter especially misses a lot of games. But if if they can stay healthy, I truly believe that they have one of the best starting fives in the league. Oneka Kungwu, he can fill in for Capella if Capella does miss time. But man, they're gonna they're gonna need those guys to stay healthy. I truly believe they're gonna need their their big their big five because that's essentially what it is. They have one of the best starting fives in the Eastern Conference. So I would not be surprised if they made it. And another team. Another sleeper team. I, I feel like essentially the, the four favorites are the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and Nets, right? Right. Okay. So you might look at me crazy when I say this one, but I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls. I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls, and I say this for this reason alone. We saw DeMar DeRozan play some of the best basketball of his career, if not the best basketball of his career last season. And they just kind of fluttered during the end of the season. You know, they they were missing – I actually feel like they were missing a big that could actually, like, you know, control the glass, rebound, defend for them. I mean, last season, DeMar averaged 28-5-5. He was MVP candidate for most of the season. But I feel like they were missing a big that could actually control the glass and control the paint for them. They do have Nikola Vucevic, who's a good stretch five. He's solid. But the signing of Andre Drummond for them, I feel like can truly pay dividends. Drummond has really added a a three-pointer to his game, shooting 78% from the line this season, seven and nine with, with not a lot of minutes played. He's only averaging 15 minutes a game. So I mean, seven and nine with about a, a block and a steal a game like that's that's solid. He shoot he hasn't shot he hasn't hit a three yet, but he was showing that he can hit him in the preseason. And that seventy eight percent free throw shows me that he has been in the gym working. I also feel like if Patrick Williams is healthy, if Caruso's healthy, and you mentioned Lonzo being out, if Lonzo can get back maybe by game thirty, game forty get his legs under him for about half the season. Hopefully by the playoffs, they're ready to roll. And I can see a world where a team like the Cavs don't gel fully and the Cavs are a playing team and the Bulls get a six seed or maybe even the Bulls win in the, the play-in and get a seven seed. And I, I can see a world where if Chicago plays their cards right, and I'm not even mentioning Zach Levine. I mean, Zach yeah. Levine got paid out his money this offseason. Like – I mean, he's playing well. He's playing well. I feel like I can see a world where they can outscore a lot of teams with the firepower they have. So my team, like you said, the Hawks, that's one we definitely agree on. But the Chicago Bulls, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a good take because Chicago, the Chicago Bulls top to bottom, and they, they did something. They're, they're going to let everybody be themselves. Um, you hear that, Rob Palenka, let people be themselves. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I wasn't really checking for Chicago like that because I felt like they had in their starting lineup, some guys that aren't the best defenders. 
um, Demar, <clears throat> but um, I mean his offense is like mid range killer, like the last true mid range killer in this league. So, and he is a killer. So, uh, I agree, bro. I think I think you nail on the head with that one. And I mean, for what it's worth, he's shooting a uh, one and a half threes a game. He's shooting forty percent at a forty percent clip to start the season. I know it's not a lot of attempts, but I mean, I remember a time when Demar wasn't even looking to shoot him. Like, no in 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 two game four games he shot five. That's about a three a game, a three and a, and a third a game. So I remember he wasn't even shooting that in his time in Toronto. So. Like if it's a season in Toronto where he only shot eighty threes through an eighty two game season, that's about a three a game. So I mean, what was that twenty seventeen? Yeah, it was twenty. It was actually twenty fifteen where he oh. basically only shot one three a game. So it's like if if he can add that to his game, continue to become the playmaker that he is, that would be smooth for them, bro. They need that. They definitely do. They definitely do. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think that's 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 the the Eastern Conference, boy. I'm telling you, this is gonna be some exciting basketball, and I'm glad that it's the East Coast because like West Coast games were essentially for a good part of my growing up were the best conference. So now that I can actually watch the games and I'd be up till one in the morning trying to watch a game, it's, it's great. So now we got to pivot to that Western Conference. I know I went first on the East. But I'll let you tackle the West first. I want to hear who you who you liking out of the Western Conference for your uh, your locks, top six, and then as uh, playing, and then who you just feel just doesn't really have a shot. All right. Um, this is going to sound crazy, but it's four games in, so I'm just judging off of this is a fluid list. I'm going to go ahead and say – that I believe that the Grizzlies are going to get the number one seed in the West. No, excuse me, excuse me. The Nuggets are going to get the number one seed, and the Grizzlies are going to be number two. I think so. Now, I know the Nuggets are two and two. The Grizzlies are three and one. But Jokic is better than Josh, so I'm going to give them that first spot. Um, so that's my lock for one and two. I think the Warriors are going to get three. They're an experienced bunch. They're not looking to get the number one seed again. I think they learned that lesson in 2016. Um I think the Pelicans – no, excuse me. The West is a lot. Hold on. Bear with me now. The Pelicans are going to get the number four seed. The Clippers – you thought I was going to say five. The Clippers are going to get six. The Mavericks are going to get five. Um, the Suns, seven. And I low-key see the Lakers being able to scrap out number eight. Now, if we get number eight and we're going against the Nuggets, we could low-key upset the Nuggets if Jamal Murray is not 100%. I'm going to go ahead and say that right there because I saw what Anthony Davis did to Jokic. Now, granted, that was about two years ago before Jokic became the white Magic Johnson. Um, So we'd have to see with that. But if they can get it together, the Lakers could get to the number – they could get to number eight. They just get it together. I don't really I, – I don't think the Timberwolves – I think the Timberwolves, they might either get number eight or they might get number nine. It's interchanged between them and the Lakers. Everybody else 
not really worth mentioning because they're trying to get Victor Wimbledon the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. What about you, bro? I kind of uh, – I'm on the same type wave as you, bro. I truly believe – oh, got to fix myself in the camera. I hate when my camera be doing that. I apologize, everybody. But uh, I truly uh, agree with you. I truly believe that my one seed, like you mentioned, it'll probably be the Grizzlies. I mean, I don't really see the Warriors, the Clippers prioritizing the regular season. I don't see any of those teams doing it. Uh, could also see the Nuggets, like you mentioned, making a run. Jokic having a healthy squad with him. MPJ's back. Uh, Jamal Murray. Um, they made some pretty solid moves this offseason to get them some more assistance. My top four teams in no particular order, I will go, like you mentioned, Grizzlies. I will go Nuggets. A surprising team I'm going to throw in there, though, bro. I think the Mavericks will get a top four seed. Uh, Luka is probably the best player in the Western Conference not named Stephen Curry or Nikola Jokic. And then I'm going to throw the Clippers out of that four seed. I think the Clippers are going to want to get a top four seed, but I don't think they're going to prioritize the top two. Uh, five, I'm going to go the Warriors because, like you mentioned, I would love to see a four versus five matchup of the Warriors and the Clippers. Maybe this is just me wanting something that's probably not going to happen, but I could see a team like – the Clippers maybe wanting to get the not the Clippers, excuse me, the the Warriors wanting to get a six seed. So if because if they do end up having to play one of those four teams that I mentioned, their easiest path to getting out the first round would be the Mavericks. Because if they were to play the Nuggets or if they were to play the Grizzlies, that would be a tougher matchup for them. But if they got like a six seed, I feel like that'd be perfect for them. So my top six teams, like I mentioned, no particular order. Got the Grizzlies. I got the Clippers, Warriors. Mavericks, Nuggets, and I got one more team that I got to select. And you might look at me crazy for this, but if the Pelicans can stay healthy as well, I can see them being out of that play and I can see them being a top six team. Uh, seven, I'll go probably Portland. Portland, will, I think, will make the playoffs. They're 4-0 right now, the only undefeated team in basketball, but I don't truly believe that's going to stick much longer. I mean, they're essentially a below-average team, in my opinion. And, I mean, with Damian Lillard averaging 33 in in the third a game, 5-5, shooting 50-40-90, he's having probably his best season of his career right now. You know, I could see a world where he – yeah. Facts. Like, I mean, he's finally back healthy. I could see a world where he leads the NBA in scoring, but if they don't make a move for another superstar, I could see them on the outside looking in. They have the pieces, though. Anthony Simons is a good player. If he doesn't turn into a superstar, I think they should try to move him for somebody like a Bradley Beal. I know they've tried the two guards thing, maybe trying to get a wing. Like, I don't know, but Portland is seven. Uh, your Lakers will make it in. I think they'll be eight seed. Like we said, I don't believe in in Minnesota, man. I think Minnesota will probably be a nine seed and surrounding out the Suns. I don't think the Suns are going to be that good either. 
like you like I told you off 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 can, man. I feel like they're one injury away from blowing that shit up, man. Oop, forgive me. I know he said we weren't going to cuss them, so nah, you're good, bro. You're good. I feel like they're one we're injury. About Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're one injury from blowing that thing up, man. Because Chris Paul's hamstrings are paper, man. And can Devin Booker really lead a team when he's looked at as the number one option? Nope. Does DeAndre Ayton want to be there? Like, no. Nope. So. I mean, the ten, the, like you said, the ten playoff teams are essentially locks. You're looking at the conference standings now. Portland's going to be in. The Grizzlies are going to be in. The Pelicans are going to be in. The Suns are going to be in. Warriors five. Clippers six. T Wolves seven. Nuggets eight. Mavericks nine. Lakers ten. Everybody else is tanking for Bayama. The Spurs don't want to win. I'm surprised they're three and one. The Jazz don't want to win. I'm surprised they're three and one. Uh. I mean, with Spurs, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Kings, those are all just bad teams. So I truly feel like if there's a season for LeBron to make it out the West, this is his season. If he somehow, some way gets a top six seed, I've always been told by everybody that's a LeBron fan, Six C, fifth C, pumpkin C, banana C, <laughs> sunflower C, LeBron and four. So if LeBron gets in as any seed, which he's most likely will in this Western Conference, I truly believe that he can run the table. And I would love, oh my gosh, I know my my standings, like my my seedings probably weren't the, weren't the most accurate. Like I said, it's really no particular order. I know those would be the 10 playoff teams. If I get a Lakers-Warriors conference finals, oh, my gosh. That is my prediction. LeBron, Steph in the conference finals. Jokic, I'm sorry. D-Book, I'm sorry. Kawhi, PG, Luka. I'm sorry, but if I want to see that, I haven't seen a Steph LeBron series in a little minute. That would be a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous series. The only way that can happen, though, is if y'all get off Russell Westbrook. Only way. Look, look, I'm going to be completely honest with you. LeBron, I roll with you the the long way. Um, But I don't want to see that. (laughs) Not the way we look right now. I don't want to see that. Because that would mean the Warriors are going to get us up out of there in four or five. Um, so I don't. But look, competitive wise, even if we got there with Russ, if we got there with Russ, that means they figure something out. And I would now. I want to see it now. I want to see because I've always wanted. I've, I've only seen Russ and Steph in a uh, series one time. That was one of the best series I've ever seen. Now Kevin Durant went to bed. Can't blame it all on Russ because Kevin Durant had an awful game six. Um, oh, and game, was, game and game seven wasn't much better. Was it, so, I was gonna say game seven was bad too. So exactly. So I've only seen that one time. But I people don't want to talk about it. Skip Bayless don't want to talk about it. But Russell Westbrook did drop like thirty six and twelve in game three when they blew out the Warriors. And at that point, people were turning their heads like, "Yo, this is like seventy three and nineteen." But Russell Westbrook was getting Steph Curry up out of there. Like people forgot that because they lost. I watched every game of that series, one through 
four, it was no contest. Then five, six, and seven, we know what happened with that. But one through four, Steph was getting bullied by Russ. I remember what I saw. Um, so in that regard, if he would get there with Russ, then like I said, I'm still kind of I still believe in Russ because I know what I've seen since 2012 when I really started paying attention to Russ. Like he's consistently been from 2012 to 2018. He's been consistently a top five point guard. And I got to have some respect because that's some longevity where we've seen this is a point guard era. So I got to give him that. Um, so it, I, I think the Warriors are going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I believe, I think, like I said, like we said off camera, I think the Mavericks are one wing away for ev- from everybody being scared. I think that's what the missing piece is. And I'm also going to throw this in about the Trailblazers. I would have liked to see them trade for Porzingis instead of them letting Porzingis go mm-hmm. to the Washington Wizards because I think it benefited both sides that they traded Anthony Simons. I think if you traded Anthony Simons to uh, to Dallas, that's a knockdown shooter. He just knocked down six threes, and most of them weren't even catch and shoot. Most of them were like off the dribble, taking guys off the dribble and then pulling up. So I think that would have been a great contribution uh, for um, the Mavericks. And then they can get more depth at the point guard spot from getting Jalen Brunson. Now you can put uh, Dinwiddie on the bench. And let him run that second unit. I think that would have been better for them, for both teams, actually. But they didn't do that. So, therefore, Trailblazers are going to have another lackluster season. Um, I think, like I said, the Grizzlies and the Warriors are going to run it back in the Western Conference Finals. I think Ja got real beef with Draymond. Draymond obviously got real beef with everybody, even his teammates. Um, everybody. <laughs> so, I'd like to see that. I think that would be more entertaining at this juncture of the season – of this four games that we're in, I think that'd be the more entertaining series. I low-key think that would go six games in favor of the Warriors just because Steph is better than Ja. Mm-hmm. And Desmond Bain looks promising, but he's I still have more faith in Clay Thompson than I have in Desmond Bain. Um, Jaron Jackson wins the Draymond Green matchup. Jaron Jackson can do more things than Draymond Green at this stage in his career. Um, and then the it's going to be challenging. Wiseman versus Steven Adams. That's going to be a battle that most people aren't going to talk about. Um, or I don't even know if Steven Adams could play that series really like that because if and if he can't play, then the Grizzlies may get a uh, gentleman swept. But um, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out here, bro. If the Grizzlies get a top four seed, John Morant is going to be a top five MVP candidate. That's my lock right there. That's my certificial lock right there. If he's a top, if they're a top four seed, he is a top five MVP candidate. Okay, I like that because see that was kind of that was kind of where I was going after these because I essentially kind of get your uh, finals prediction. It seems like it's Boston, Golden State again. Yep, and see, I'm kind of going Golden State, Milwaukee, which is kind of a cop out. I know people probably like, that's easy. Oh, you're picking the two best teams. Well, the two best teams essentially make it to the finals, right? So, basically, but, exactly. So, and that would just be some good basketball. I don't even really know who I would choose to win either one of those series. I feel like if they played us, I would maybe lean with Golden State again. <laughs> Excuse me. Ooh, but we're not the same team we were last year. You know, At I don't all, think we're gonna bro. have. 
I don't think we're going to have similar turnover issues. I got bad hiccups. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks match up better with the Warriors because after Wiseman, they don't have really a line of defense. Because if you're telling me Draymond Green is going to try to pick up Giannis in the paint, I'm going to tell you that Giannis is going to average 35 and 12. <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell you. So um, or Kavon Looney. Oh my goodness, they would struggle. Kavon Looney's like six eight, six nine. Giannis is a legit footer. They gave him six eleven, but a footer, bro. I saw him in real life. He's a footer, okay? <laughs> he's a footer, and he's physical. He's the most physical guy we've had in this league since Shaquille O'Neal. Um, so in that series, I think I'd probably favor Giannis because, like I said, the winner of the series uh, matters on who the best players are. Um, mm-hmm. At this stage of his career, I think it's all fair to say that last year's Clay Thompson was not better than Chris Middleton. Fact. Um, Drew Holiday is obviously not better than Steph, but Drew Holiday is better than Jordan Poole, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, Giannis is better than Steph. I know Steph can shoot the lights out. Uh, you're the one that convinced me that Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time because of his gravity. I don't care what people say. Oh, he didn't get to his the man made Draymond Green a Hall of Fame player. That's that's right there is the greatest point guard ever. Because Draymond Green on any other team is probably out the league by now. It's just keeping a stack. So, and it's, he's a smart guy. He's a smart talent. Um, he got the Defensive Player of the Year, um, but since his prime and he's no longer in his prime, Draymond, my boy, and I like and I. Love Draymond Green's game, but he's just – he wouldn't be there without Seth. Um, so, yeah, I think that series will go seven, though. Mm-hmm. Whoever has home court advantage is going to win that series. So, that's what it boils that, down to, this that close. That's a that's a good prediction because that home court meet makes a difference, honestly, bro. And, see, I was just about to say – Steph Curry is actually shooting 100% from the free throw line. And us recording live, I'm watching the Warriors and Suns game. He just missed his first free throw of the season just now. So, so that's why he was 98. That's why they have him probably like nine, like I said, 99, 98% from the free throw line now. So, like, that's just that just speaks of the greatness of Steph Curry. But I'm and I'm also glad that you mentioned about me saying that Steph Curry's the greatest point guard of all time because I want to let the people know I was saying this in 2017. Like he was, he really was. He really was because the season that did it for me. I'm just going to read y'all this stat line: Steph Curry in 2015, 2016. If I'm not mistaken, that was his unanimous MVP season. He averaged 30.1 points a game, five and a half rebounds, 6.7 assists, right? 2.1 steals, led the league, shot 20 shots a game, shot 50.4% from the field. On 11 three-pointer attempts a game, he shot 45% from, from the three. And on four and a half free throw attempts a game, well, excuse me, no, five free throw attempts a game, he shot 91% from the line. Like, Steph Curry's gravity, his impact on the basketball court is just tremendous. Like, 
even when he played with a guy as great as Kevin Durant, it were it were times when people would help off of Kevin Durant. Kevin freaking Durant. Think about that. Think people, about that. The person that we say is the greatest scorer of our generation, which I still believe is Kobe. I would there's a couple of scores I would take over Kevin Durant. Like I know they don't make it look as pretty, but it's a lot of people that were a lot more efficient, you know, put up a lot more points than Kevin Durant. It just didn't look as well. Like Shaquille O'Neal in his prime was doing exactly what 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 Katie was doing in in a lot. He was the last big. Well, Embiid was the last big before Shaq to win a scoring title. Let's just put that out there. But nevertheless, even when Steph Curry was playing with Kevin Durant, it were times when people were helping off of the seven foot monster to help on Steph Curry. You have to have two, three, four sets of eyes on him. And every time he has the rock when he's off ball, like it's bro, it's just crazy, man. And so from my prediction, I agree with you. I too believe it would go seven games. And I say that because they'd be the two best players in the NBA. Like I truly feel like Steph and Giannis are both top three guys in the league as of right now. I would say my top five guys in the league right now, it would be Giannis, it'd be Steph, it'd be Yoke, it would be I'd probably throw Luca at four. And part of me wants to put Jason Tatum at five, but I but I can't with how LeBron played last season, even though he didn't get them to the playoffs. I would have to put Brown at five just because of that consistency. And with how he's playing defense this year, he's showing committed, he's showing life on the defensive end that he hasn't shown in a couple of years, I'll be honest. Probably since his Miami days. So you're getting two top five guys in the finals. And like you said, it's all about best players. And if those best players essentially cancel out, which I feel like Giannis and Steph would, it's about the team around them. And I feel like that Warriors team is just better than that Bucks team. And they're deeper. They have a lot, a lot of role players. Like I know you mentioned you would probably take Drew over over Jordan Poole. And I probably would as well, but Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton. It's not and it's not that far between Jordan Poole and, and Drew. And then Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton can essentially be a wash as well. So for those three wash each other out, they're four best they're fourth best players who Brooke Lopez, uh Bobby Portis, no matter how much flack we give Draymond, I'd probably take Draymond's impact on the game over them. And then Wiseman versus Brooke. I like Wiseman. Kaminga, they got Moses Moody. They have some they they have a deep team in Golden they got State. Chinzo, so they're big folks, yeah. I honestly, I would like you said whoever has home court, but I would like the Warriors to repeat. And I know that's a cop out, but man, as long as they stay healthy, I don't see why they couldn't. So that leads me to a question that I have for you because honestly, I don't know how to answer this. If Steph Curry becomes a five-time champion and a two-time Finals MVP, I if you first off, if you say that Steph Curry is not a top ten player now, you're drunk. Okay, you're just drunk. Yeah, there, there's no player you can't give me ten players and nine players in history that I will be like you definitively say I'm going to take over Steph. Like you got the top five guys. You got Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, 
Shaq is the most dominant player I've ever seen. I truly don't believe that if I give Shaq at his prime anybody um, over those three guys, I don't think I would take anybody else in history over Shaq. That's just me personally. Um, and then Kobe. I would Kobe's throw Tim. I would, and I would throw Tim in that class as well. Just fifteen-time All Star, fifteen-time All NBA. I'm mean, all defensive team, fifteen-time All NBA, five-time champ. I would put him in that class as well. I would say Steph goes right in that class with him because you got to think he would have the same amount of rings as Kobe, same amount of rings as Timmy, more rings than Bron. Uh, Kareem has what, six championships, if I'm not mistaken. In the same era, like Kareem has what six championships, if I'm not mistaken. Six championships, six MVPs. Like, I mean, man, I would definitely say Steph would be the, if not the head of the tier two guys, which includes Kobe, Tim Duncan, those guys. He's equal to them. Like he's, I would say he's on that tier now, but he's at the bottom of that tier. But if See, he were to get yeah. another title, another Finals MVP, he's there, bro. I would say he's top ten, solidified. See, I had, I, I used to have. Um, It's tough because God rest his soul, Bill Russell was an icon in sports, not just basketball. But mm-hmm. I wasn't born in the fifties, bro. Um, I I never saw him play. I've seen a couple mm-hmm. of his highlights. Um, he was a defensive monster, but you know he was six nine two, what two fifteen two ten. That's essentially my guard on two K. I know that's a game, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steph Curry I just feel like Steph Curry is at that level now where you can look at him like you would look at any other of these top five guys top ten guys and you would be like alright if you want to take them at their absolute apex they could play they could dominate any era like you put Braun from 2009 to 2018 in any year any era of basketball he's the best player in, in basketball um, unless you right. want to put him in the nineties and you know be a be a butt like that and just be like, oh, is he better than Jordan? Maybe he's not better than Jordan. And Jordan's at his apex too. But um, if you put Steph Curry from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty two in any era, he's a top five player in that era. Period. Straight like that. I don't care if you go from the sixties. I don't care if you go from the fifties. I don't care if you're in the seventies. I don't care if you're in the eighties, the nineties. If he if I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better. I'm gonna do you one better. If you put Steph Curry on the Phoenix Suns in the 90s with Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, and the boys, and they're going up against Jordan, I can't promise you that the Bulls are gonna win that series. Ooh. Because you're trying to like and them, and them old guys, they always say. Well, we would have touched them up. Well, okay, yeah, you might you might have hit him, but he would have hit the three in your face. Like that's that's I've seen Steph Curry hit threes where people have clearly made contact with him, and he still hit the shot, and it's a four point play. Like my eyes have not lied to me. Steph Curry is one of the greatest players, and I'm blessed to be able to see him play. Um, grow. Through the, his era, because I don't know a player, I don't know a point guard 
that couldn't that can do what Steph Curry can do. But I also know that if you put Steph Curry on the Showtime Lakers, they probably they still win five championships. Because I agree, bro. You, I mean, come on, bro. Like, come on. What are we He's, saying here, bro? His impact on the game is equal to some of these guys that we look at as the greatest of all time. With the three point line coming into effect in June 19, 1979, like you said, bro, 80s on and uh, the. 80 1980 NBA season on up, Steph Curry would still be Steph Curry. Like people realize, you can you can do layups, you can do twos. You're making those at like 48, 49, 50 percent. Not everybody was hitting them on the level Jordan was, like mid 50s, low mid 50s. Most people were shooting like low 50s, high 40s. Steph Curry's making threes at that rate, so he's essentially getting a extra point shooting as accurately as you are from in the paint versus from three. So it's like, I mean, and that's just simple mathematics. Three is greater than two. That's easy. Like, he would still be what he is now. Like, Final point about Steph Curry, because we could go we could go all night about Steph Curry, but um, I just want to say this. I know you said 1979, the introduction of the three-point line. Let's mm-hmm. go all the way back to the 50s. If you put Steph Curry with Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell's not an 11-time champion. I'm sorry. Bob Cousy, didn't he shoot like 39% from the, from the field? Like you just said, even if Steph Curry is taking the twos out from God knows where, they would have to change the rules for him, okay, because they would have to implement something like they did for Will when he's dunking the ball way too much. You got to do something for him because – Bob Cousy was 6-1, every much bit 6-1. Sam Havlicek, uh, Sam Jones, Casey Jones, Debo Jones, don't <laughs> matter. That's Stephen Curry. <laughs> okay, so props to Stephen Curry, man. He's a top 10 player. Giannis is going to retire a top 10 player if he keeps going the way he's going. Um, I want to ask you, though, I know I – said John Morant was going to be my MVP candidate. Who are your award candidates for the year? Okay, so that's pretty slight for me. Um, excuse me. So it's coach of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Six man. I, we don't got to really worry about six man. But if we are six man, I'm going to give it to Jordan Poole. I feel like they'll continuously bring him off the bench because they do have Wiggins starting with Draymond and uh, Clay Steph in the backcourt. So I feel like Jordan Poole – I low-key think Jordan Poole got robbed last year. They gave it to Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero's cool. It'll probably come down to those two. I feel like whoever wins more games, whoever scores more points, essentially get it. I'll say one of those two. But I will go with Jordan Poole. Um, Coach of the year. Coach of the year, coach of the year, coach of the year. I will actually come back to coach of the year because I don't have an answer for that one right now. But MVP, I will go with – it's probably another cop-out, man, but I'll go with Luka Doncic for the MVP. I feel like he'll have another statistically marbling season. Uh, probably close to a triple-double, probably 29, 11, and 8, 29, 11, and 9, something along those, that nature. 
Um, defensive player of the year, I could easily see that being Rudy Gobert with the Timberwolves. I could see them being a sneaky good defensive team. But like you mentioned about your boys, y'all are playing well defensively as well. I won't be surprised if AD gets some love for that. But I'm going to go with Gobert again. That's a, always a safe bet to go with Gobert. Um, rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro is cooking stuff right now. Ooh, see, almost let another one go. Paolo Bancaro is cooking stuff right now. <laughs> and uh, I truly feel like he's the favorite to win that. So right now I got uh, Luca, MVP, Paolo Bancaro, rookie, defensive player of the year. I got Gobert, uh, six man, Jordan Poole. And then I kind of agree with you with the Grizzlies. I'm going to go with Taylor Jenkins to be coach of the year. He's their head coach. I feel like they'll be a good regular season team, probably get a top two seed. Like you said, not many people are going to be trying much regular season. They're going to be gearing up for the playoffs. So I think he'll probably sneak in and get that deep, uh, the coach of the year. Excuse me. Okay. Now, um, for my coach of the year, I think it's either going to be Taylor Jenkins or uh, Mike Malone, whoever gets the first seed in the West. Um, my MVP is John Morant. I think media coverage is going to have something to do with that. Um, Memphis, they have all the rappers coming in because they want to see John Morant. They got – everybody loves John Morant because he's a fierce competitor. He's going to go after you. He's going to – he did – he did some – he uh, made Ben Simmons foul out last night. Because mm-hmm. and he said in the post game conference, he said, "Yeah, he did that to me when he was a rookie. When he when I was a rookie, so I'm just like, yo, you're you're a psycho. Like, so if a, he's a psycho that's going to win MVP in my eyes, um, I think people are kind of getting tired of giving it to Jokic, <clears throat> which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy to say. <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be new breath. I think it's either John Morant or your boy Jason Tatum. Um, for my defensive player of the year." Rudy Gobert is the the surefire guy. I kind of think it's either going to be Giannis or Bam, um, mm. because they can switch out on the perimeter and get those those guards in time enough for the actual guard of the forward um, assigned to that person to get to them. So I think it's going to be either Bam or Giannis. Um, my sixth man of the year, I'm going to go with Jordan Poole. I know if it's if people think it's a cop out, my answer to you is get your own podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get your own. Um, and then you debate us whenever you want to. But um, yeah, I it, I would say Jordan Carson, but they might start him the way the Jazz are. So uh, I think it's going to be Jordan Poole. Um, so that's my that's my six man. That's my MVP. My defense player of the year. Um, oh, something we didn't talk about. My uh, most improved player. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. And you forgot about Rookie of the Year. Oh, Rookie of the Year. I know Banchero is getting good looks right now. Um, I think Jabari Smith might have something to say about that. I think he might have something to say about that. Banchero looks like the, the better all-around player at this point, but we got 79 games, 70, 78 for some teams left. So I think Jabari Smith is going to raise some eyebrows because he's a – all-around guy in his own right. So, um, my most improved player, Jalen Green. Oh, okay. Jalen Green is going to be my, the most improved player because he's a dog, boy. 
Um, and, you know, he wasn't much of a – the first half of the season, he wasn't really looking like the number two pick. Um, but I think, you know, I think since he's got that ponytail in, I think he's going to be some, doing something special. I think the Rockets are building something with um, him, Kevin Porter as a third option, and then Jabari Smith coming along for the ride. So I think Jalen Green is going to be my most improved player. Most improved player. I like that. I like that a lot. Jalen Green was a highly recruited guy, highly touted prospect coming into the league. He ended up going the G League route and then getting drafted pretty high in his draft as well. Him and Cade were the, the two prizes of that two years ago draft. So uh, most improved for me, he only be one guy, bro. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a dog, man. He – he really woke me up to the type of player he could be in the playoffs last year. I know the Timberwolves played they, – they ended up winning the play-in, and then they ended up losing in the first round. But he truly woke me up to the type of player he could be. I know I was listening to uh, Andre Guadalla talk on uh, – I want to say it was J.J. Reddick's podcast about Anthony Edwards. And he said when they were playing the Timberwolves, he was thinking Anthony Edwards was like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, like a LeBron-type guy, like a LeBron, Kawhi, like a legit wing. He said he stood next to him. He was shorter than him. And he's like, okay, but he's built like a 6'4", LeBron. He said he's like – he's bigger than D-Wade was. And and this is coming from a guy that played D-Wade in his, in his prime, played against LeBron – during the Warriors dynasty when he was the main matchup for LeBron. Now he's playing against this guy. He said, man, he was talking to D-Wade. D-Wade was on the podcast as well. He said, man, D-Wade, he got a little something you didn't have. Like, he got an inch on you. He got about 15, 20 pounds on you. And he jumped a little higher than you. Like, these young boys are different nowadays. And, I mean, his, his, his three-pointer is developing. He's showing he can actually handle the ball now. I wouldn't be surprised if Timberwolves look to put the ball in his hands more, maybe look to move D'Angelo Russell, maybe bring D'Lo off the bench. Anthony Edwards is a player. I truly believe Anthony Edwards can can compete for that. Him and uh him and Jalen Green, I think they'll be going neck and neck for that. Most improved. I agree. I wasn't thinking about Anthony Edwards because he's already a star to me. But uh You think so? Anthony Edwards is a doll. I think Anthony Edwards is the first option on that team. Cat who? Ooh, okay. Okay, I like that. They go as far as Anthony goes because I'm sick of Cat. I'm sick of putting my faith into Cat. He'll have one good game, and then he'll have five bad games. So the the Timberwolves yeah. are in poverty, playoff contention-wise, because of Cat. I feel like if Cat was a 2012, maybe three assist guy and one and a half blocks, that'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. But he's not, he's a point six block per game guy. <laughs> the, the last question I had for you, though, and then I think that's pretty much everything we had today, and we can kind of wrap it up. I do kind of want to end with the conversation we had earlier about Scoot and Lumbayama. Like, projecting out, I know we kind of went through the five teams each conference that we don't believe will make the playoffs that won't really be successful. 
Which one of them do you think would fit best with each one of those guys? Uh, if you had to, you know, like like project just what we know about these teams and and uh, kind of like what they need from what you know. Okay. Um, I think the Kings screwed up by giving uh, letting Tyrese Halliburton go. So I think his best replacement would be Scoot. Um, because then I'm looking at it. You have De'Aaron, you'd have Scoot, you'd have Keegan Murray and DeMontis uh, Sabonis, where I think he's the oldest important guy. I know Harrison Barnes is on that team, but he's the oldest important guy on the team. Um, so I think that would be something moving forward that you could build upon. Um, it's a smaller team. Sabonis the, uh, the is 6'11", but, but he's a finesse guy, so he looks smaller than he is. Um, but I think that would be a good pickup. I think, like you said, with uh, Charlotte, I think Wimbenyama with a real point guard, I think that is something that, you know, they should be interested in. I don't want to see either one of those players go to the Spurs because I think the Spurs are not built well for either one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Devin Vassell's a good wing. Uh, but Jakob Porter, like Porter, whatever his name is, Jakob Porter, um, He's he's not somebody that I feel like you want to put Victor Wembanyama next to because, like I said, he's relatively a smaller guy. So you're gonna be putting him on the floor. So that means he's gonna have to go against Anthony Davis. He's gonna have to go against Michael Porter Jr. Smaller, faster guys that are still bigger than him. And this is like it's not like you're going against you know no knock on the European League, but this is the NBA. Anthony Davis is better than anybody in Europe. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Giannis Facts. is better than – when Giannis goes to the EuroLeague, he is the best player. He's the best player in the NBA. He's the best player over there. Um, LeBron, if he's ever – like, LeBron's going to push him out the way. So, I, unless you're going to tell me that Victor Wimbenyama is going to gain 20, 30 pounds playing with the Spurs, then I'm going to tell you that he's not the good team. But – I would also like to see Victor Wimbayama on the Thunder. Yes. With all those picks they I got. Agree. Josh yeah. Giddy, Shea Gilgis, Holmgren, when he comes back, he's gained some weight as well. They got a squad. They got a squad. I agree with you with the Victor. Uh, I kind of want to go a little more in depth for Victor, but I do like the Thunder because that two-headed monster of Chet and Victor at the four and the five, that is some versatility and some some height, some arm length, defensive versatility. That would be tremendous to see for them. They would be able to grow together. I, I do like that you mentioned the Thunder. Um, for Scoot, I would like to see him go to Orlando. Um, I say that for the simple fact that Orlando truly needs a lead guard. I know they have Cole Anthony. McCoy Anthony's more of a two. He works better coming off the bench, being a scorer off the bench. He's not much of a playmaker. Uh, same thing can be said about Jalen Suggs. They truly thought they were getting something more in Jalen Suggs when they drafted him, I feel. I feel like his rookie year was kind of disappointing, and then he was a little injured. So I feel like he'd be best suited to play the two. He's more of a like defensive, off-ball cutter type of guy. When they when he came into the league, they compared him to Drew Holiday. I truly liked that comparison, even though Drew plays the point for for uh, Milwaukee. I don't feel like Jalen Suggs is of that 
mold playmaking wise like Drew is, I feel like he'd be better off ball. And same thing can be said with uh, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz essentially up to this point has kind of been a bust. So it's like they're kind of running a three-headed monster or a guard of like busts and underachievers in my opinion. Like I said, I feel like Quinn would be better coming off the bench. If they got a guy like Scoot to put him at the point, maybe Suggs at the two, then they got uh, uh, Bankara at the four spot. At the five, they'd have Bo Bo coming off the bench, maybe starting Bo Bo. Then, um, then they have a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young guys they have. I know I'm leaving out one of their, their key pieces on the on the young guy front. Uh, Wagner, that's his name. Uh, Wagner, uh, Mo Wagner's little brother. I think it's like yeah, something Franz, Wagner. Franz Wagner. Guy. Franz Wagner, yeah. yeah. He's like a 6'10 wing, man. Like, he's even a good playmaker. So, like you mentioned, Scoop being able to play on ball when they need him to, playing off ball when Franz Wagner's running the offense, when Ben Carroll's running the offense. Like, they would just have so much versatility. And that'd be a young team that it's interesting to see in the future. And for Wimbenyama, I chose the Pacers. And I chose the Pacers for a, same, a lot of – excuse me, the same reason that you mentioned, again, for the Hornets and that you mentioned for the, the Thunder. They have a, a young cornerstone. Uh, they really fleeced the Kings when they traded – when they made that trade with them and they were able to get – uh, my man back. Uh, I, you know his name. I can't think of his name right now Tyrese. either. Tyrese Halloran. Gosh, my man, my names are just. I apologize, guys. It's late at night, man. We recorded late. It's been a long day at work. Tyrese Halliburton is a mother freaking dog. When they traded for him and allowed him to truly play, he was averaging twenty plus and almost ten assists a game for them as their starting point guard. Now, granted, they weren't winning anything because. They weren't playing, but he healed. Miles Turner hasn't played in the last year and a half, two years because of injuries. They don't really have much there besides Halliburton. Like you mentioned, they have Duarte. Now they have Duarte, and uh, and they just drafted Benedict, Benedict Mathern from, uh, from Arizona. They have the wings. They have the guard. They are just missing a generational talent at the five spot. I feel like if they got Wimbayama, that could be – very, very good for their rebuild. Like you mentioned, the Thunder would be good as well. I would like to see him in chat, like I mentioned. That'd be interesting. But a team I don't want you to sleep on. If your Lakers don't turn this thing around, the New Orleans Pelicans have y'all draft pick. And if they get some lottery luck, which they got to get Zion initially, if they mess around and get Wimbyama and partner him with Zion and B.I. and C.J. McCollum. And Herb Jones. Bruh, Herb Jones, bro. That could be the next dynasty in the making right there, bro, because that's something that a lot of people aren't talking about. They have you guys as draft pick, and you guys aren't looking too hot. If y'all don't move Russ, if y'all keep <laughs> Russ trying to make that work, that pick could be bottom six. Man, if they got Wimbyama and partnered with Zion, ooh-wee, that just would be nasty, bro. Yeah, a lot of teams going to be saying that. Ooh-wee, what are we going to do, coach? Man, but, yeah, bro, that's pretty much all I have in terms of topics. Was there anything else you had that, that pressing for basketball? Because 
you know, I know this is our first episode. We try to get a lot in, but. Look, all I want to say to the viewers, make sure you guys are watching this season. Please make sure you're watching this season because our picks were going all over the place because this is the most talented league I've ever seen in my yes. life. I've been following the league since I've been about six years old. I'm 24 now. This is by far, and I'm even going back to looking at other like decades, the 90s, I can't recall a league that's been this competitive. So make sure you guys are tuning in. You guys and gals are turn, tuning in and enjoying this great content on the podcast because we'll be talking about this great season that we're about to embark on, well, that we have already embarked on. But you know what I'm saying. Right. I agree, man. Make sure you tune into them games, man. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. This, the NBA, in my opinion, is the, the greatest reality show in the world like it's, it's an 82 game season so it's it's a lot longer than football i know football is 17 weeks now but 82 games man that they started what october it normally goes until about may so that's about what seven eight months depending on to the final sometimes goes early june yeah, give man, take, yeah. that that's a tremendous tremendous thing to follow please pay attention to the games and uh we're going to definitely try to start bringing out a lot more NBA content as well. Me and my boy Alex, we we the NBA guys that are not in the steers, so we definitely going to hit y'all with some knowledge. But, you know, like like we always do, man, whether we got five, whether we got two, whether it's just one of us, we got to leave y'all with some words of wisdom. Alex, did you have something that you wanted to wanted to say to the people? Um, Love thy neighbor. Um, You never know who is going through what. Keep your family close. Keep your enemies closer. Um, well, actually, no, that's backwards. Keep your enemies mm-hmm. close. Keep your family closer always. I don't know what I was thinking. Long <laughs> day at work. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just just love everybody, man. There's so much violence in the world. If you guys are watching the news, pray for your folks. Pray for your folks. Pray for your enemies because you do not want to get that text or that call. It's a dangerous world out here. Just... Continue to pray for each other and love each other like there's no tomorrow. Hey, man, I agree with that, bro. I truly appreciate you saying that. Uh, I'm kind of going to piggyback off of something that you said. It is a dangerous world out here, man. Make sure you love your people, man. Check on them, man. You know, it's a lot going on. You don't know what people are going through with their with their families, with their friends and their relationships. Check on them, man. Don't be scared to call and just – Ask how they doing. Don't be afraid to tell your people that you love them, man, because you don't know when it's the last time you can tell them that. Something else I also want to mention, man, make sure y'all are going out here to vote, man. It's We we want change. We harp on change for, I'm not even going to say just color people, but people in general, we harp on change. We want change. It's not going to change if you don't go out there and, and, and vote for it and try to, you know, this God-given blessing that we have because – I know speaking from experience as a black man, I didn't I wasn't alive during that time, but I have ancestors that were. We weren't always allowed to vote. We weren't always allowed to walk into places, drink from the same water fountain. So make sure y'all are using the stuff that people died for, people fought for. Make sure you go out and vote. Vote, 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 man. So that's really all I have. Uh, Alex, if you don't have anything else, man, we can we can wrap it up here. It's been a tremendous episode, man. Again, it's your boy, Darius underscore Capers, Kung Fu Cape on Twitch. 
Mr. Darius Capers, man, a.k.a. the Boston fan, my boy. Yeah, it's, it's your host with the most um, Lakers fan. I didn't want to put the Lakers because they've been making me mad. So I put Kobe. All right. Um, too follow me. Still don't feel real. Man. I'm telling you, but follow me. Instagram, yeah. 10 gold bands. That's the one zero G O L P B A N Z underscore. Um, follow me on Twitch. That's FBM underscore Alex. Um, or on Twitch, the highest order, which is the same as my PSN. If you guys are ever trying to run, um, and I'll be twitch, I'll be uh twitching more often. Um, that was a bad little pun, but I'll be twitching more often <laughs> since Call of Duty's about to come out. <laughs> Call of Duty is on the way, but yes, sir, man. Until next time, next time will most likely be another football episode from us, but uh. Like I mentioned, we if it, if it's just me and Alex doing these basketball videos, we're gonna definitely start doing this basketball content a lot more. So until next time, whatever that will be, appreciate y'all for tuning in and love y'all. Till next time, peace, man. Peace, love y'all, man. Stay safe out here.